This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to bring back to the channel Charlie Gordon, of course, senior sports reporter with the Daily Express, to talk about transfers. Of course, it is day 11 of the January transfer window and Spurs are very busy right now with players coming in and players going out the door. Charlie, great to have you back. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, thanks very much for inviting me back on. It's been probably a couple of years since the first time I came on. Uh, and it was yeah. a pleasure the first time. So thanks very much. A lot has happened since you were last on, I must say. Um, Charlie, I was going to ask you, um, first of all, about um, what you've made of Spurs so far this season. But there has been some breaking news in the last few minutes from Sky Germany on Eric Dyer. Um, the contract now is believed to be six months until the end of the season with a one-year option until 2025. The transfer fee will be zero and Bayern will pay for matches and achievements after a specified period. Um, the total amount should not exceed three to 3.5 million euros. He will not be in the squad for Bayern Munich's game against Hoffenheim on Friday. Um, first of all, what do you make of this transfer, Eric Dyer to Bayern Munich? It's an interesting one. Like you say, that kind of unorthodox deal that you've just explained there, um, where he goes on a free, we're starting to see that kind of more and more recently. And it happens when a team has clearly got a player that's surplus to requirements and the top priority is to just shift them from the wage bill. Um, so I think it's been clear since Ange came in, really, that Eric Dyer doesn't fit into his system. He doesn't see him as a centre-back that's going to um, fit with his style of play in the long term. So I think the top priority for Spurs was to get him off the wage bill. Uh, he's quite a big earner. Um, so I think just shifting him was was the top priority. It's a good move for Dyer, of course. Bayern yeah. Munich, massive club, uh, gets a chance to kind of prove people wrong. Not played a lot of football this season and he's still... Um, you know, he's not too old. I think he's around 30, 29, 31, around that kind of age. Um, so it's a good move for Dyer. And I think just the fact that he's gone from Spurs in the nicest possible way makes it a good move for Tottenham as well. Spurs seem to be being very clever in this transfer window. And of course, the previous window as well, the first one under Ange Postacoglu. Um, Charlie, let's get straight into this. I want to ask you about um, Ange Postacoglu. When he was appointed as Spurs boss in the summer, and bearing in mind, we've gone through a couple of win-now managers, Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte, of course, Nuno was in between that as well. Um, what did you make of the appointment at the time? And what do you make of Ange Postacoglu so far this season? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that he surpassed expectations pretty quickly. Uh, and I think he's he was a manager, maybe not 
people didn't know too much about him because he's had quite a strange career path where he's been in Australia, he's been in Japan. Uh, and then, of course, he had that successful spell with Celtic, where I suppose fans in Britain will have got to know him somewhat. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, it was an appointment where not everyone was going to be convinced straight away, but it was pretty clear after a few weeks when you kind of get to know Andrew's personality, his style of play is so easy to get behind. Um, and kind of when you see him in press conferences, having a laugh and a joke with the reporters, it, it makes him a manager that's very easy to engage with as a fan. I would imagine as a player, they, they enjoy playing for him. Um and it's clear his tactics are really interesting, Chris, I think. And I think that was the game that really uh, exemplified that was against City at the Etihad. It was kind of do or die. It was it was very gutsy to play that way. Um, and that just sums up what Ange believes in. You know, he's going to live and die by his tactics. Um, it's kind of go for broke. And I think many neutrals are pleased to have Ange in the Premier League because it's made it a lot more exciting. Absolutely. I think uh, Spurs are like everyone's second team. They always tune in to watch Tottenham because of the entertaining style. I think there's a lot more to come as well. Um, Charlie, what do you make of uh, Tottenham in the transfer market uh, when Ange Postacoglu arrived? Because it's fair to say in previous transfer windows under multiple different managers in previous years, Spurs have always left it to the last minute. But we got deals done very early on in the summer. Uh, of course, we changed the whole spine of the team. Vicario coming in, Van der Ven coming in, Madison, of course, Son uh, now uh, or played centrally. Um, you know, of course, Harry Kane left. Um, what have you made of Tottenham's transfer business in the summer? And what have you made of Tottenham's transfer business so far in these 11 days? Because, of course, we're still waiting for the official announcement for Radu Dragushin. Um, But, of course, we've got Timo Werner over the line. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting and important point that you just brought up there about the fact Spurs have got a lot of business done early in this January transfer window and it really sets them apart from every other team in the Premier League. There's there's just not been that much activity. We're 11 days in now, not that far from the halfway point. Um, and I think as of today, maybe Sheffield United were the only other Prem team to have actually signed a player so far. Uh, that's what I read anyway. Um, and Spurs what do you already... think that is? Um, I don't really know. It's just, you know, it's always been a case of mid-season. It's harder to get players away from their clubs. Uh, and I think it's just more importance being placed in the summer now. You know, Premier League clubs, there's an awful lot of planning that goes into these transfer strategies. And I think most of that planning is geared towards the summer, not the winter. Um, so January window has always been more of a reactive uh, transfer market and Spurs their circumstances just dictate that they had to be reactive. You know, so many injuries uh, mm. and that kind of thing, gaps that needed to be filled. But the real striking thing with Tottenham, I think, this month is we read from the start in the lead up to January, they needed three uh, things done. Centre-back, a versatile attacker and a centre midfielder. We're 11 days in. A lot of other teams are kind of sat there waiting. They've not really acted uh, decisively as yet. Spurs are about to tick off two of those three items on their to-do list as as long as the Dragusin deal goes through. So you have to commend it really. And I think it just um, sums up the faith that Daniel Levy's got in Postacoglu. After just a few months in the job, he's kind of clearly come to the conclusion that he's worth backing uh, and not leaving it till the final day. As you said, it's happened so often in the past. What's changed then, Charlie, in your opinion? Why is this different now under Postacoglu with the uh, with the board and hierarchy? Why is it different? Why is it different? I think, I mean, the, the clear change with Ange compared to Antonio Conte is he doesn't tend to roll people up the wrong way enough. Uh, not enough, sorry. He doesn't roll people up the wrong way in the same way that Conte did. Uh, I think it's clear that Ange... He's got the fans on side. He's got the players on side. Um, and I think a really important quality to have as a manager, Chris, is improving players. You know, we, you see in some clubs, like take Chelsea for an example, players are going to Chelsea over the last few years and they're, not, they're getting worse, if anything. Yeah. It's yeah. really important to have a manager who a player can come in, you'll improve them. And then worst case scenario, two years down the line, you sell them on 
for a profit. Best case scenario, they stay at the club for five years and be, become a great player. Um, and I think Ange has taken a few Spurs players who were underperforming under Conte and he's really improved them this season. And that's, I think, instilled a lot of confidence in the Tottenham hierarchy that they can spend money on players and, you know, maybe in a few years' time, Ange will improve them to the point where they're going to be worth a lot more money. We know, of course, that Ange Postacoglu is bringing in um, a number of young, very talented players. Um, we also know that his man management style is absolutely excellent because he seems to FaceTime and, and talk to players on the phone um, on a regular basis before we sign them, um, you know, to, to learn about their personality. It's very, very important uh, for him. Have you known this type of thing to happen before when, when managers want to sign players? Because when you think about it, Charlie, it seems very straightforward. It seems very normal, but does everyone do it or not? Well, the thing is, as time goes on, it seems like managers are becoming more and more detached from transfers. You know, 20 years ago, your Sir Alex Ferguson's, your managers like that, they'd be all over transfers. It'd be like a one-man transfer department. These yeah. days, um, you know, at top clubs, you've got teams of recruitment specialists, you've got sporting directors, um, head scouts, things like that. And it's it's like a massive department now all working together. But as you say, it is important sometimes to just take it back to the basics. It's important for a player coming in, take Timo Werner as an example. It's clearly important for them to know that they're wanted by the manager. Uh, Werner, he was in a bit of a frustrating spell with Leipzig where he's not played a whole lot this season. Um, mm. And obviously coming back to the Premier League is a gamble for Werner. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about him a bit more later. Um, but so he will obviously have wanted some assurances from Ange before taking that gamble and coming back to the Premier League where it didn't really work out for him the first time. So I think in some ways it's taking it back to basics for Postacoglu and it's refreshing to see. And I'm sure, like you say, it's really effective at kind of luring players towards Tottenham. Charlie, obviously a lot has changed on the pitch. And of course, Postacoglu came in the summer, but a lot has changed off the pitch as well. Uh, Fabio Prachi is still working for the club on a consultant basis. Scott Munn's come in. Johan uh, Lang has come in from Aston Villa as well. Um, how much of a say and how much involvement do you think Daniel Levy has still got in transfers? Or or is it now left to, to these guys who I've mentioned? I think just... Looking at it from a logical point of view, you know, Spurs have put these specialists in charge because it's what they do. You know, it's what it's what they've made their name doing. Johan Lange has got a great uh, reputation. Just looked at some of the players he signed for Villa earlier on. Bubakar Kamara on a free transfer looks like a top piece of business. Uh, Ashley Young on a free turned out to be a really good signing as well. Ollie Watkins, Emmy Martinez, players like this. So his track record at Villa was really good. Scott Munn, like you say, he's got serious pedigree uh, at the very top level. So just from a logical point of view, I think Daniel Levy, he'd still obviously be consulted over big decisions. Um, and maybe it's a case of just him having to sign off, having the final say perhaps. But in terms of who's doing most of the legwork, the research, coming up with the shortlists um, and probably liaising with Ange Postacoglu the most. It's it is the the men like you said, Johan Lange and Scott Munn. I would imagine they're they're the most heavily involved. Charlie, of course, as I mentioned, um, and you've already mentioned him already, uh, Timo Werner, um, a loan signing from RB Leipzig. Um, we have a buy option at the end of the season in the summer for seventeen million euros. Um, what did you make of this signing? Because I tell you what, it did come as a bit of a surprise to a lot of Spurs fans, a lot of pundits, a lot of uh, journalists like yourself. Um, it came out of nowhere. What, what do you make of this signing? Because there are a few doubters. Um, of course, he had a, a tough spell at Chelsea, but he still scored goals. He still provided assists. And of course, he wants to go to the Euros in the summer. It's it's a really interesting transfer. I think it's going to take some beating between now and the end of the month in terms of, you know, one that's come out of the blue, one that was pretty unexpected. Um, and like you say, I think his numbers at Chelsea weren't too bad. They weren't disastrous by any stretch of the imagination. But the yeah. thing that sticks out in the memory is that his finishing was poor. I don't think anyone can dispute that. Um, yeah. And it's it, it's something that he'll want to put that right because his track record in Germany is really good. 
you know, if you look a few years ago when when he was at RB Leipzig before Chelsea shelled out £45 million for him, his record was unbelievable. I think it was 90-something goals in 150 games, something along those lines. Really, really good record. Um, And, you know, we read before the start of January, Tottenham wanted a versatile attacker. And Werner does fit that bill. He can play through the middle. I can. He's got the pace and the energy to play off the left as well. Um, and it, it, he is also one of those players, Chris, where it's not just goals that he brings. Like He makes a lot of runs throughout the game. His energy is brilliant. And these are two qualities that I think are growing in importance in modern football. Um, managers love players that can stretch defences like that. Um, and and have that level of work rate. So it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. And the important thing is that this is a low risk transfer for Tottenham. You know, it's it's yeah. he's there for the next six months. If it does if it doesn't work out, he goes back to Leipzig. You draw a line under it. You say that didn't work out, and that's fine. If it does work out, you can buy him for fifteen million, which is peanuts in this day and age. It really is. Um, and then everyone's saying, pat on the back, well done, Tottenham, a good piece of transfer business. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one between now and the end of the season to see how it pans out. Charlie, why do you think that figure is so low? Because if this loan spell does work out in the summer, that is going to be some serious business for Spurs, you know, very, very cheap. It is. It's hard to figure out really why the sum is so low because he, he he obviously went back to Leipzig a couple of years ago. Again, the numbers he put up there weren't terrible by by any stretch. Um, something like 11 goals in 35 league games, uh, something along those lines. And again, 50 minutes, uh, 50 million, sorry. It is absolute peanut, peanuts by modern standards. I think part of the reason is he's not played a lot of football this season. Uh, yeah. A few injuries, only played eight games in the league, I think, scored twice. Uh, and with RB Leipzig, I believe they've got a really good striker, Lois Appenda, scoring loads of goals this season. So for Leipzig, it could be a case for them of just taking the money while they can and reinvesting it in the summer if Werner does end up moving to Spurs on a permanent basis. Um, but again, I'm with you. It does seem really low considering... He went to Chelsea for forty-five million a few years ago, and the market has inflated a lot since then. Uh, and you look at the other striker options that are out there. I'm not saying he's as good as an Ivan Tony or an Ossiman, or you know, he's not at that level. But they're quoted for a hundred million, hundred plus mm-hmm. million. We're talking fractions of that with Werner. Um, so I think anyone would admit that Spurs, in terms of where Werner's valuation is, they've definitely gone in at the low end and managed to get a good deal. Charlie, we know that Ange Postecoglou, when he signs a player, he loves them to be versatile. Now, talking about Timo Werner, uh, we know that he can play on the left, on the right, and through the centre, as, as you've said. Um, I'm with you. I don't think that um, Timo Werner is coming in to score 30 goals a season. I think he's just going to be a very, very hard-working player, a versatile player. But where do you see him fitting in to this Ange Postecoglou side? Where is he going to get the game time? Because apparently Spurs have told uh, RB Leipzig, he is going to get game time. So we're not expecting him to be on the bench. We're expecting him to 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 you know to see him get a lot of minutes at the at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, I expect him to begin on the bench. But I say that, but we have to we have to remember that Shungmin um, Son obviously is away at the Asian Cup, possibly until February the tenth. We've got yeah. five games between now and then, presuming that South Korea make the final, which of course they might not do. Um, so if Werner is going to get some game time, if he is going to cement a spot in the starting eleven, he's got to hit the ground running, really. And like mm. I said, he's not played an awful lot of football in Germany this season. So it's going to be a big ask for him to acclimatise straight away. Um, but if he's going to get a chance, his best chance is going to come while Son is away. Because even if everyone's available for Postacoglu, you'd imagine... Hyungmin Son, Richarlison, Kulusevski, uh, Madison, they, they're all going to be probably ahead of Werner in the pecking order um, and, unless something happens over the, over the next few weeks. Um, and in terms of exactly where Werner could play, I think it's all up in the air at the moment. I think Ange is still experimenting a little bit. You know, we've seen Son up front this season. We've seen him on the left. Uh, yeah. And I thought he, he looks extremely dangerous on the left. We've seen him there for years, obviously. 
Um, but just earlier this season, we were praising Son for how well he'd handled, uh, you know, transitioning back into that central role. And it's the same with Richarlison. He, some some games you see him play brilliantly up front, others you think he's better suited to being out on the left. So I'm sure Angie's going to experiment with Werner, try him out wide, try him through the middle, see what works. Uh, and I think it, it's an exciting attack with Tottenham. They've got so many versatile players, very fluid. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it all pans out, how that pecking order kind of establishes itself over the next few weeks. Charlie, there's a lot of people in the comments right now um, a little bit worried that uh, Spurs have not officially announced Radu Dragusin's transfer uh, from Genoa, uh, believed to be €30 million Euros plus €5 million Euros in add-ons. And of course, Jed Spence going the other way on loan with uh, an option to buy. Um, why do you think that this has not been announced yet? Because we got the here we go yesterday from Fabrizio Romano in the morning. Uh, Fabrizio Romano um, earlier today has stated that uh, Dragusin will wear the number six shirt at Tottenham. Um, is there anything to worry about or is it just a case of uh, contracts still being sorted, interviews still being uh, recorded, etc.? I think I don't think I don't want to put my neck too much on the line here, but I don't think Tottenham fans have got too much to worry about. I think, you know, the things that have been said by Dragusin's agent, it's beyond the point of no return now. You know, if this move was to fall apart, it would be a sensational, spectacular kind of, uh, you know, explosion, the like of which we've not seen for a long time. Because for all intents and purposes, it seems like a done deal. His agent said in plain terms, we're going to Tottenham. We've rejected Bayern Munich. Uh, and Bayern were the major threat in negotiations. Uh, but Dragusin, he gave his word to Tottenham and he stuck by it. I'm sure the fans will respect him for that. It's uh you know, it's a it's a bold call. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, Timo Werner was announced today, wasn't he, Chris? Was it today or yesterday? Uh, yesterday. Oh, sorry, the day before yesterday. Oh, was it? Apologies. Okay, yeah. yeah, I stand corrected then. But I thought it might be a case of just trying to stagger the announcements a little bit. But it will just be formalities at this stage. You know, everything's agreed with the player, with Genoa. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be a sweetener for Genoa that Jed Spence is going in the other direction. Uh, talented player. They're obviously not getting that element of the deal if they go and negotiate with a different club. So, yeah, I think I think this is too advanced for Spurs for the deal to blow up and I expect it to be announced probably tomorrow. Charlie, there's a couple of things I want to pick you up on there. You mentioned uh, Radu Dragusin's um, agent. He came out and said, um, we are at the beginning of the road. We want him to reach the best teams in the world. We were close with Bayern, but his dream is Real Madrid. Or Barcelona. Hmm. How unprofessional is this to act as an agent before the official announcement at his next club? I don't think it's going to go down well with Tottenham. I'll put I'll put it that way. It's quite unusual, really, to see an agent speaking publicly to the press. Uh, you know, using their quotes in in articles and stuff. It, it it's quite unusual to see that. Um, and with how open his agent's been with the whole Bayern Munich thing, the Tottenham thing, you know, he made it quite clear that there was, there was a real temptation to take the Bayern offer and not the Tottenham offer. And it's strange that he would put that in the open, considering, you know, he's about to, about to yeah. join Tottenham possibly for many years and he's, he's trying to endear himself to the fans. Um, and yeah, like you say, the comment about, about Real Madrid and Barcelona. A very strange one, really, because Tottenham, they're well in contention for a Champions League place this season, mixing it with with the big teams. Uh, really exciting manager to, to play under in Ange Postacoglu. So it, it's a very strange, I agree with you, very strange comments from the agent. And I'm not surprised if it's rolled up more than a few Tottenham fans. Also, what do you make of the um, apparent reluctance of Jed Spence wanting to join Genoa? Um, because, of course, Spurs are now covering his wages uh, whilst he's on loan. And then, of course, they're going to have an option. Um, Jed Spence has had a pretty tough time since joining Tottenham. He was a club signing, as said Antonio Conte on a number of occasions. He's, he's had a couple of loan spells. Daniel Fark, uh, in the last week or so, uh, Leeds United boss, uh, turned around and said that he was very disappointed in uh, the way that he conducts himself, unprofessional, etc. What, 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 what do you make of this um, loan spell again for Genoa with Jed Spence? Because 
there's a, a long way to go before Genoa are actually going to give that money of 10 million euros uh, to get that deal you know, permanent in the summer, isn't there? He's, he's going to have to really work hard and, and knuckle down. But what do you make of the reluctance of, of him wanting to go and then, and then him actually going? I think it's important to think about this deal from Jed Spence's point of view. You know, his career, he, he thought he would have been a Premier League regular by now. A couple of years yeah. ago at Middlesbrough, he was, I was so impressed by him at Middlesbrough. Um, oh, on loan at Forest, I should say. That was, yeah, when he, with the promotion push in the championship, he was, he was brilliant for them. Um, obviously, twenty million pounds or so moved to Tottenham. Clearly, was not favoured by Antonio Conte when he first moved there. Couple of loan spells, Wren and uh, Leeds United, they've not worked, and he, he's kind of in a in a mad scramble to get his career back on track. Jed Spence before people start to lose faith in him. So I don't blame him for wanting to make sure that his next move is the right move. Because it's almost like, you know, with each different loan spell that doesn't work out, it's more like a black mark against his name. Like, oh, maybe we don't want to sign this player. You know, he wants his next move to be a success. Um, and whether whether that's going to be at Genoa, uh, we'll see. But like I say, he's, he's a really talented player, Jed Spence. Uh, and it's disappointing, really, to see that it's not worked out for him at Tottenham. And I'm very surprised that it didn't work out for him at Leeds as well, because... He was so effective in the championship just a couple of years ago. So if this if this low move to Genoa does go to plan, I'm sure they'll take that uh, buy option in the summer because it's very cheap, about eight million, eight to nine million pounds, I believe. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how that one goes. Charlie, what do you make of uh, Tottenham's second signing? Uh, hopefully, we'll get the announcement this evening. Uh, but Radudra Gusin, uh, 21 years old, um, highly rated. And, uh, you know, when you look at his stats, they are incredible. No one seems to be able to dribble past him in Serie A. And, uh, you know, everyone who talks about him says he's a mature, professional 21-year-old. What do you know about him? Yeah, I think that's the key word is is pace. And it's it's difficult to dribble past him. And that's so important in, in Ange Postacoglu's system, his tactics, the way he plays. Is, you know, it's death, it's death-defying football and occasionally your defenders are going to get left exposed. They're going to be have to be confident in 1v1 situations like Mickey van der Ven is, like Christian Romero is. And I think Dragusin does fit into that mould. Uh, we've seen him compare, well, heard him compared to Virgil van Dijk, the Romanian van Dijk. That's, uh, I yeah. believe, what he's known as. Obviously, he's got some way to go before he kind of lives up to that tag. Um, but I think that tells you a lot about his attributes. A brilliant athlete, six foot three inches tall, um, and of course only twenty one years old. So it, it's exciting, really, to be a Serie A regular at twenty one years old at, at centre back as well. You know that's impressive in itself. Um, obviously, not many people are going to ha have watched loads of him. Only just breaking into senior football in Italy, uh, but this it's a deal that's got Fabio Paratici's imprint all over it you know he took into Juventus when he was a teenager like he said yeah. still working with the club uh, so I'm sure Paratici's had something to do with this one and and like you say lots of fans and experts in Italy really excited about Dragusin and clearly big clubs were tailing him as well Bayern Munich wanted him didn't get him so it's going to be interesting to see how it works out he's he's not going to go straight into the starting 11 Chris I don't think you know he's, he's got a job on his hands getting past Van der Ven and, and Romero. But like we've seen this season, they've both missed games through injuries, through suspensions. So he, he might get a chance uh, to impress soon enough. And I'm sure Spurs fans will be keen to see what he's made of. I wouldn't be at all surprised, Charlie, to see Timo Werner and Dragusin both in the starting eleven on Sunday. Because, of course, Romero is back in contention, but each has come back from injury. Mickey van der Ven's been training for the last couple of weeks. Um, of course, Son is uh, is off with the Asian game. So I wouldn't be at all surprised that Postacoglu puts them straight in. And I'd be very excited by that at Old Trafford because uh, you never know what's going to happen there. Literally in the last couple of minutes, Fabrizio Romano has just tweeted, um, Jed Spence has just signed the contract as new Genoa player on loan from Spurs. So I would now expect... Uh, you know, I would expect the Spurs would have waited for that news that Jed Spence has actually signed the deal and then announced Dragusin. So I, I would think that that would happen very, very soon. Charlie, what else do you think 
that Ange Postacoglu wants in this transfer window um, before the 1st of Feb um, to make it a perfect window for him because he must be extremely pleased with the business that we have done so far. He said in press conferences, he said a number of occasions that he wants deals done early. Spurs have acted in a very professional way, in my opinion, got these deals done, very clever business and, uh, you know, even getting players out the door, even players like Hugo Lloris on huge wages, get them out the door because uh, surplus to requirements and Postacoglu was never going to use Lloris and uh, he didn't really want to use Dyer, as you've mentioned already. But what else do you think he needs? I think from what was said before January, he wants a centre midfielder. But I, d I don't think it's a case of adding a centre midfielder to what he's already got. It's probably going to be a one-in-one-out situation from what it sounds like. You know, Hoybier yep. is not playing regularly. He's a great, I, re I really rate him as a player, Hoybier, and I think he, he can go elsewhere into a system where he fits better and it will probably be a first-team regular. Um, and, you know, there is interest in him. It seems like with Hoybier, he's, he's on a lot of transfer shortlists for different clubs, but he's not, he's rarely top of the wish list, which is why we've not seen anything concrete happen there. It may be a case of late in January we see something happen in that regard, because I'm sure Hoybier will want first team minutes, uh, and that's not guaranteed at Tottenham over the, for the remainder of the season. In terms of who could come in as that extra midfielder, if it does get to that point, um, obviously Conor Gallagher is the name that we've seen banded about so much. Uh, it, it, it's going to be really difficult to get him out of Chelsea, I think, midway through the season. The reason his name keeps getting brought up in with the suggestion that Chelsea could actually sell him is because he's an academy product. So if Chelsea sell him, it's going to help massively with their financial fair play situation. All that money, 45 million is what they want for him. It goes down as pure profit for Chelsea. Obviously, it's a lot of money mid-season for Tottenham to pay. He's a top player, Conor Gallagher. Lots of energy uh, and kind of leadership qualities already in the middle of the park. Only 23 years old. For me, though, Chris, I, I think that one's probably going to wait until the summer just because of the difficulty of getting Gallagher out of Stamford Bridge. Um, but, of course, there's always the possibility of Spurs looking at, at other options in the middle of the park. But I think, yeah, Gallagher's the name that just keeps popping up this month. And if you were to say to Ange, you know, what would make it a perfect January, I think probably getting Conor Gallagher, Conor Gallagher in and Hoybier out, that's probably what he would say. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm just very doubtful of Spurs and Chelsea doing business with one another. Um, I just, I can't see it happening, to be honest, Charlie. Um, Tottenham Hotspur have just literally released the following statement. Jed Spencer's joined Sierra outside Genoa on loan for the remainder of the 2023 2024 season, the 23-year-old fullback spent the first half of the campaign on loan at Championship side Leeds United, where he made seven appearances. Um, so that is now confirmed. So hopefully we will get the confirmation of the Radu Dragusin deal uh, very, very soon. Um, Charlie, with midfielders, um, is it a case of Ange Postacoglu wanting a midfielder that is going to go straight into the team um, or... A, another young and up-and-coming player because we've been linked to uh, Blackburn midfielder Adam Walton, of course, 19 years old. Hayden Hackney from Middlesbrough, he's only 21 years old. Is there any truth in any of these rumours that you know? It, 
it's the first I've heard of them, but it, it wouldn't surprise me to see Spurs go after that kind of profile of player because it 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 might be a little bit foolish splashing out loads of money on a midfielder who you'd expect and who he expects to go straight into the starting eleven. And that's because obviously when they're back from the Africa Cup of Nations, Yves Bissouma, Pape Sar, you know, they're gonna expect to go back in because they've performed so well already this season. Um so obviously I think Ange will want a player that can he's senior enough to fill in over the next few weeks. Um but the calibre of player where they're not gonna kick up a fuss and disrupt the dressing room if in a few weeks' time when Basuma and Saar return, they find themselves dropped on the bench. So yeah, those those two players there, Wharton and Hackney, it's the first I've heard of it, but it, it doesn't surprise me to see Spurs going after that calibre of player. And I think it would be smart business as well in the long term. We're certainly planning for the future and that, that is great to see at the football club. Um, what I wanted to ask you about is Pierre Mujoibier because the two players I've noticed all season, when, when Spurs have won games and it seemed like that party atmosphere at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and, of course, the celebrations at the away games when we've won games as well, um, Pierre Mujoibier um, and Eric Dyer, they were the only two players that didn't really mix with the celebrations and Pierre Mujoibier is normally the first one to walk down the tunnel at home games. Um, he has been linked to the likes of Atletico Madrid, Juventus, Ajax. Can you see a deal getting over the line before the 1st of Feb for Hoybier? Because I think it's pretty obvious he wants out. Yeah, I think he wants out. And I think Ange Postacoglu, with his selection habits, he's made it clear that Hoybier is not going to be in his long-term plans. You know, his profile is totally different to a Bissouma or a Saar. He's not a dribbler. He sits deep, he passes. Uh, and he's a brilliant passer of the ball, which is why, like he said, he's got lots of suitors, the likes of Atletico Madrid, um, Ajax, even Manchester United, rumoured to be fond of him. Um, but yeah, like I said before, he's he's rarely the top of the wish list, which is why I think it's going to go, if, if he does get his move away, and it's currently on the fence whether he will get his move away. But if he does, I see it going late in January. If, let's say, a big team doesn't get their first choice midfielder, mm. um, maybe they they put in a bid for Hoybier. And I think over the last year or year or so, when it's become clear that Hoybier could be sold by Tottenham, the price tag that's been pinned on him is quite high. Um, I think it started around 40 million maybe a year ago, down to yeah. around 20, 25 million now. And I'm sure. That's put a few teams off. I saw a report that said Juventus were exploring it this month, um, but they were put off by the financial commitments involved in the deal. So it's going to depend on on the asking price. Uh, and I think if it does happen, it's going to go on really late in the January transfer window. Charlie, I have seen many reports in the last couple of weeks from various different publications and outlets stating that Spurs might be looking at bringing two defenders in in this January transfer window, or indeed bringing another defender in in the summer. Um, have you any names to bring us that, that Spurs have been looking at and interested in? Um, to, there was a long shortlist that I, be I believe Spurs were looking at ahead of uh, January. The likes of Lloyd Kelly. I remember being on there, Mark Gerhe. Um, excuse me. <coughs> wow. Um, but yeah, these players like Gerhi, lots of top teams after him, Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United, uh, £60 million price tag. This is the kind of player, and the fact he's so crucial to Crystal Palace as well, he's the kind of player where it's almost impossible to prize him away mid-season. Um, but I, yeah, I've, I've seen Lloyd Kelly mentioned, Mark Gerhi, Jared Branthwaite of Everton. Yep. Yeah. Another player that I've seen linked, he looks really impressive, still really young, which I think goes under the radar. Um, you know, his name hasn't been in the headlines all that much this season, but he's kind of slotted into that Everton back line seamlessly. Big towering guy, six foot five, uh, thrived on loan at PSV last season. So he's a player that's worth keeping an eye on. Uh, and the same with Lloyd Kelly as well, like I just mentioned, because he's coming to the end of his contract, I believe. Lots of big yeah. teams keeping an eye on him. Uh, so, yeah, it, it wouldn't be a surprise at all to see Spurs go after another centre-back uh, in the summer. Obviously, Ashley Phillips, a player that he signed uh, 
in the summer just gone. So young, though, 18 years old. You know, he's one that you're banking on for the future, but it seems like he's obviously not quite ready to go into the starting 11 just yet, which is why they've sent him on loan to Plymouth for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, I think Lloyd Kelly, Branthwaite, um, and Mark Gurhey wants to keep an eye on Jean Claire Todibo as well. Another name I know Spurs fans will have seen that linked at the start of January, uh, a top at the top of a lot of wish lists. Man United like him, but he's he's going to be really difficult to get hold of, and the competition's going to be really fierce with that one. Charlie, can I just go back to Timo Werner? Because, it, of course, Manchester United were heavily linked to Werner. What, why did that break down uh, and he didn't go to Manchester United? He ended up coming to Tottenham. I think, well, there was, there was no indication that Man United actually made a concrete move for him. You know, that the, we... Spurs uh, got in there quickly with United. It, it seems like they want a striker on loan. Tripper Moting's another one that's been mentioned, but they've not actually done anything concretely to kind of, um, you know, achieve their aim as yet. It seems like they were more focused on outgoings. We've seen Jadon Sancho to Dortmund announced today. Um, so yeah. maybe they'll step up their own striker search. But if I was Werner, to be honest, it, Spurs is a more... You know, a less hostile environment to go into at this stage of the season. <laughs> yeah, you know, not many United attackers are thriving this campaign. It's fair to say that. Um, and with Werner, I think with his pace and his energy, he probably just fancied playing for Ange Postecoglou more than he did for Eric Ten Hag. But I mean, the reason why we didn't see an all-out transfer battle there is, I, I mean, we just didn't see anything to indicate that United had submitted a concrete offer. Spurs got in there first. Uh, and in the end, I think it's the right move for Werner regardless. Well, Werner said he wants to win titles. So he's come to Tottenham rather than Manchester United. How, how, how the tides have changed, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's United are just so far off it at the moment. Spurs, at the start of the season, people were talking about the title for Spurs. You know, when Ange, first 10 games, 26 points, no manager making their first entry into the Premier League had ever put together a record like that. Um, and even though people aren't talking about title at the moment, personally, I wouldn't back Spurs for the title. Um, but they're only six points off, Chris. That's the thing. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're six points off. It's just, it's just squad depth is the issue. I feel at the moment to compete with your Liverpool's, your Arsenal's, your Manchester City's. It's squad depth, and that's something that's being worked on clearly in this January transfer window with how busy Spurs have been, and it's gonna, the project's gonna continue in the summer. But, you know, no one's willing to take the bull by the horns this season But in the Premier League. Any other season, you'd, you'd likely have seen one of the big big teams streak away into the distance, but it's just not happened. And if Spurs can put together a run like they did at the start of the season, you know, once people, once the big players return to fitness, like, you never know. You never know how, this, how, the, how the table's going to look in a few weeks' time. I agree. It feels very exciting, especially the way that Ange is being backed in these transfer windows. Um, Charlie, another player who has returned uh, from a loan spell, uh, Sergio Reglon, just returned from Old Trafford. Um, he is being linked now to Dortmund and various other Premier League clubs. Um, what do you make of Sergio Reglon's um, time at Manchester United? And now he's come back. Of course, Manchester United sent him back because Spurs didn't recall him. And now Tottenham are actively trying to get either a loan or a permanent move for him. I think the way that Spurs are going, it's probably wanting to be a, a permanent move rather than a loan because in recent seasons, we seem to have loaned so many players out, but sometimes you just need to get these players out the door when they are surplus to the manager's requirements. So do you have any update on Sergio Regulon's situation? I, I did. I mean, I looked through a lot of Tottenham players, fringe players, ones that you'd expect to be moved moved on. Uh, before the end of the month. The only thing I wrote next to Regulon's name was Radio Silence because just we've not heard a lot. We've not heard a lot about, about Regulon. When he went to Manchester United, that was a big opportunity for him. We knew he was going to get some game time to impress at a really big team, at a team where so many eyes were going always going to be on them over the first few weeks of the season. And it's strange with Regulon because I think he's just kind of his standards have deteriorated over the last couple of seasons. When he first got to Tottenham, the, the early signs were really promising, I thought. When I when I first watched him, I thought he looked a really exciting player. But it's kind of gone downhill from there. And I think Spurs have seen enough 
since they signed him over the last few years to determine that he, he's not going to uh, be their starting left back. Obviously, Destiny Udog, he's been fantastic this season. Regulon's never going to fight his way past him. And like you say, if if you are able to sort out a permanent exit for Regulon, that would definitely be preferable to a loan because you just don't want to be spinning that many plates. It's just one more thing to keep on track of, one more to-do list item you know, during the summer transfer window. So I'm sure there's, look, there's plenty of time left in January. Regulon, he's got serious pedigree. Played for United, played for Tottenham, came through at Real Madrid, Sevilla, played fantastically a few years ago. So I'm sure there will be teams looking to take a chance on him. Like you said, Borussia Dortmund linked at the moment. Um, so I do expect something to happen there before the end of the month. But I, I was surprised to have a look around and see that there's just not been that much noise around Regulon over the last few days. Ryan Sessegnon um, had a sub-appearance against Burnley uh, last week. His first appearance in a Tottenham Hotspur shirt for 11 months. Now, clubs were interested in him in the summer um, and then he got injured again. Um, so, of course, that scuppered a move away. Would you expect Ryan Sessegnon to possibly move from Spurs in this January transfer window or indeed the summer? I think I'd I'd expect Sessignon to stay, to be honest. I mean, he's a player that's not been given a chance yet under Postacoglu. We've not really seen what he can do in this new system. Like you said, he's been out injured so long. Uh, and the thing with Udogi, what's made him such a success is that he can dribble past players. You know, he's a really, he's quite an unpredictable, a raw talent. Um, and people, opposition players don't really know how to defend him because his movements are so out of the ordinary for a left-back. Uh, and and Sessignon shares some commonalities there in that we know that he can play as a more attacking left-sided player. He did it at Fulham when he was coming through in the Championship. He was playing even as a second striker sometimes, scoring quite a few goals as well. So we know Sessignon has got that ability to play further at the field and affect the game going forward, even if Tottenham fans haven't seen it as much as they would like. Uh, you know, since since he arrived at the club. But I, I wouldn't expect him to move in January. I'd expect him to kind of be given a, a chance as a deputy over the next few months and then perhaps reassess in the summer. Charlie, another player that has had a couple of loan spells away from Spurs and, and never really had a, a good run in the team, Brian Hill. And of course, he's played under various different managers. Um, apparently, he's happy at Spurs right now, but a couple of clubs have come calling uh, for him uh, with a possible loan from now until the end of the season, Fiorentina and Feyenoord. Um, can you see this one happening? And do you think it's beneficial for the club and the player just to keep having loan spells rather than actually selling them permanently so everyone knows exactly where they stand? It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. I think for me, it's a concerning one for Tottenham, the case of Brian Hill, because he's not shown enough for me. You know, he's he's primarily been an impact, well, impact sub off the bench. Um, and he, he doesn't seem to affect games as much as he should, particularly considering the money that Tottenham paid in terms of, you know, what the whole package was worth. It was yeah. Lamella plus quite a considerable sum of money, wasn't it, when, when you signed yeah. it? Um, and it's obviously physicality is an issue for Brian Hill. I think that that's quite obvious when you see him play. He's not got the physicality of a lot of Premier League wing wingers. Uh, he's still young, of course, but he's getting to the age now where he should be doing more than what he is doing for Tottenham. Um, but if they were looking to sell him on, they, they'd want to see Hill perform really well on loan somewhere so that he could drive up his transfer value. Uh, and I don't, I don't see him driving up his transfer value over the rest of the season with Spurs because he is a fair way down the pecking order and because he's kind of not shown that he's capable of scoring lots of goals, getting a lot of assists, uh, tearing defenders to shreds in the Premier League. We've not really seen that from Hill. Even if we've seen it in flashes, Chris, we've, we've seen the odd yeah. flash. That's I think that's what's frustrating with Hill is you've seen it, the odd flash where you think, wow, if he did that on a, on a week-in, week-out basis, he'd, he'd be a great player to have in the side, but he just doesn't do it consistently enough for me. I, I, I agree with you to a point, but I just think that if you're going to send a player like Brian Hill out on loan, 
Why not do it to a Premier League club? Why do you think that has not been explored? Because if you're going to loan him out, he needs experience in the Premier League. Yeah. No, yeah, you make you make a really good point. And I think it, that depends on the interest that Tottenham have had from Premier League clubs. You know, whether they have... I can't say whether they've had they've been inundated with inquiries from Premier League clubs about taking Brian Hill on loan or whether it's more you know teams in La Liga looking to bring him back where he's got a more proven track record um it could be a case of obviously if if Brian Hill were to leave Tottenham he'd be looking lower down the table to get more game time and yeah. it could be a case of teams down there are they going to bank on Brian Hill to get them out of a relegation scrap have they seen enough of what he can do at Tottenham to to really, you know, hedge their bets on on Brian Hill, possibly not, um, and that I, I think that's why we're seeing him linked with moves abroad. Um, but if he were to get in a situation where he could bank uh, minutes in the Premier League, that would be hugely beneficial for Tottenham to see over the span of a season, giving regular game time. What can he do? Kind of no excuses. You know, you're in the starting eleven, and he's got to show what he can do. Um, but like you say, we're not seeing a lot of noise with Premier League links. It looks more like it, it would be abroad if it was going to be another loan deal. Charlie, Richarlison has had uh, a couple of links um, to Saudi clubs. Now, of course, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere in this January transfer window, but do you think that he could possibly be on the move out of Spurs in the summer? Um, of course, he's been in good form uh, in the Premier League for Tottenham, five in his last five um, but he's had a pretty tough time since arriving from Everton. He's had a lot of injury problems as well. But Antipostokoglu seems to be uh, trusting him at the moment. And uh, do you think that Ange is, you know, fully confident with Richarlison going forward beyond the summer? Or do you think that he will end up leaving in the summer? From Richarlison's point of view, obviously, I don't know him personally, but I get the impression that the football is the most important thing to him and it is not the money you know you talk when you're talking about a move to the saudi pro league players a lot of players are going there because of the big payday i think richarlison yeah. that that slump that he had in his career the first season at tottenham where it was so disappointing i think that that clearly affected him uh, and the fact that he's just returned to good form now He's not going to want to jeopardise that with a move away. He's if he if he can continue this form for Tottenham, finish the season in double figures in the Premier League, um, and nail down a spot in the starting eleven. I don't think he's going to want to, you know, trade that for a move to Saudi. I think he's he's still still very ambitious. He he certainly will want to preserve his spot in the Brazilian national team squad, and I think a move to Saudi Arabia wouldn't necessarily help him do that. Uh, playing regularly in the Premier League would be more helpful in terms of keeping him in the Brazilian squad. So I would be surprised to see Richarlison leave just because of the fact it's taken him so long to really find that rhythm at Tottenham. Mm. All of a sudden he's found it now and I'm sure he's going to want to keep hold of that. And I'm sure Ange Postecoglou is going to want to extend that for as long as possible too. Charlie, I've seen a number of links to Giovanni Lo Celso. Of course, he's had a couple of loan spells at Villarreal. Um, he's had a, a difficult time at Spurs as well, you know, trying to nail down that first team spot on a regular basis. Lots of injury issues. Um, but he's played a fair bit under Ange Postacoglu. And, uh, you know, Ange, it's fair to say, he's given him a really good chance and opportunity for him to grab. But unfortunately, he just keeps picking up these injuries. He's injured again. He's not going to be featuring in the Manchester United game on Sunday. Um, with these links to Barcelona, can you see anything happening there? Because, of course, when a, a club like Barcelona come calling and they put a bid in and, and they, they sniff around with interest, you know, it could turn ahead. It certainly could, yeah. I, I, but I think Tottenham would put the brakes on it in January. I can't see, you know, that, that, would, that would be more likely a move for the summer if it was going to materialise. James Madison's so important for Tottenham. We've only seen him the first few weeks of the season, but he was so effective in that in that number 10 role. And I think behind him, obviously you've got Kulosevsky, you can draft him into a central area, but Lo Celso is the most natural replacement for Madison if he does get injured. Um, and like you say, it's. I think he's, he's done re reasonably well since he's come into the team following Madison's injury. But just considering the sum of money and the reputation, you know, Spurs paid a huge amount of money a few years ago to get him close to 
60 yeah. million. You see different numbers banded about when it comes to the La Celso signing. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of expect to see more from him. He's clearly a talented player, lots of technical ability. It just happens that his, his work isn't as eye-catching as what you see with James Madison. You know, when you see Madison in that in that number 10 role, it's like poetry in motion, the way he glides around the pitch, spraying passes, playing balls behind the last line of defence. Uh, with Lacelso, it's it's a bit more subtle. I, I know I'm on here to talk, Chris, but I'm interested, actually. What have you made of Lacelso over the past few weeks? I've said in the last couple of weeks, actually, Charlie, I've never been Lacelso's biggest fan. And uh, the performances that he has put in under Ange Postacoglu in the last couple of months when he's been on the pitch, I've been very, very impressed. I've been very impressed with um, his change in attitude and what he's uh, given us on the pitch. Um, but it is really frustrating seeing these injuries constantly again and again and again because you, you think he's back in the team. And I, and I feel like Ange feels a little bit like that as well. Like you get someone back in the team, you want that rhythm. You want that consistency and it never has been there with Giovanni Lo Celso. And uh, I just, I don't know, it's frustrating. That's probably the word to use, frustrating. But another player uh, where it's been extremely frustrating, our record signing. And you mentioned Lo Celso. Lo Celso and Tongion Dombele, between them, £100 million. So, mm. you know, the club quite often get criticised by an, a lot of Spurs fans saying, we don't go out and spend big money. We have. It's evident here. Two players we've spent a lot of money on and we haven't had that great a deal out of both of them. Tongyon Dombele is currently on loan at Galatasaray. Uh, as I said, record signing. Um, they've got an option uh, to buy him for 15 million euros in June 2024. A number of reports have come out in the last couple of months stating that he had a bit of a falling out with the manager because he was eating hamburgers at the, uh, at the hotel, etc. Um, but apparently he's now happy there. He wants to stay. He's told their board that he wants to stay. Um, Charlie, what do you make of the Tongyon Dombele situation? And do you think that, that Galatasaray may finally buy him and uh, he will leave Spurs on a on a permanent basis? I think Tottenham will definitely hope so. You know, I think Tottenham fans burnt their bridges with Ndombele a long time ago. It kind of soured under Antonio Conte before he left to go on loan. I remember the game at home to Morecambe, was it? In the yeah. cup, yeah. yeah, I know his actions didn't go down well in that game, um, and he's a massive earner, top earner, I believe, at Tottenham, two hundred grand a week or something along those lines. So Tottenham, they'll be desperate to to offload him from the wage bill permanently, and I'm sure they've been looking to do that for for a couple of years, which is why they've been organising these different loan spells in the hope that he uh, will perform and convince a club to to buy him per, uh, permanently. And there have been spells over the past couple of years where Ndombele's just gone totally quiet. He's not playing, he's fallen out with the manager, he's not fit, he's injured. Um, but I think he was at Napoli last season, I believe. And he, he did, you know, he was playing well at Napoli. They won the league. He's now at Galatasaray. I'm with you, Chris. I saw those reports about the falling out with the manager. I thought, yeah. oh, here we go again. I think that's, that's pretty much what I thought. Um, but... You know, he's playing again now, Ndombele. He's playing regularly. And that that's, um, you know, it's kind of... the We're setting the bar pretty low. But the fact that he's playing week in, week out, Ndombele, uh, 15 million permanent buy option is not too daunting, even for a club like Galatasaray. Uh, so if he does keep playing, he's got a few more months to impress. Uh, he's got every chance of securing that permanent move away. And I'm sure Tottenham will be very keen to make that happen in the summer. Charlie, while you've been talking about Tongyon Dombele, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club uh, have just announced the signing of Radu Dragusin. So that deal is now over the line, which I'm absolutely delighted about. Um, and he's also written a goodbye message to the Genoa fans. So do check that out, everyone. Um, Charlie, I've got a last uh, couple of questions for you. Um, Spurs have got a 25% sell-on clause for Sunderland player Jack Clark, of course, former Tottenham player. Uh, a number of Premier League teams are interested in him. Any news on this? Because... It's being stated that um, Sunderland could sell him for around £20 million, giving Tottenham £5 million. Um, any truth in this and any any update? It's, it, it seems like there is truth in it. Lots of Premier League clubs going after him. Jack Clark, he's having a fantastic season. 12 goals in 26 championship games, I believe. 
Um, I think the one thing possibly working against him, we saw him against Newcastle in the Tyneware derby the other day, didn't perform particularly well. Uh, you know, he, he struggled a bit at Spurs. Obviously, he was very young during his time at the club as well. Um, but I think it, Brentford, Crystal Palace, West Ham, the kind of teams mentioned in relation to Jack Clark. It's a, it's the difficult thing is Sunderland. They're in playoff contention in the Championship. Are they gonna? They're gonna demand a huge transfer sum to lose their best player at this point in the season. Uh, and is Jack Clark gonna want to cut short his breakthrough season at Sunderland to secure that that Premier League move, or would he rather just see out the campaign? Uh, so there's a lot of moving parts in this one, a lot of variables to consider. Uh, but I'm sure the interest is genuine. You know, when you mm. Still young, playing on the wing, uh, scoring that many goals from out wide is really impressive. You know that's a trait that not every winger has. That trait, being able, be, having the knack for arriving in the box at the right time, clearly a really good finisher as well. Um, so I'm sure the interest is genuine. It's just that getting him away from Sunderland at this point in the season will be difficult, and it will take a big sum of money. I'm sure Tottenham will be happy to hear that, given that they'll get a quarter of the transfer fee when it does go through. If not this winter, then most likely in the summer. Charlie, last question for you. Um, Spurs have been linked with Jota. Of course, he's at the Saudi club El Itihad. Um, he, he moved from twenty. He moved from Celtic for £25 million. The deal hasn't worked out. Um, and Postacoglu knows the player extremely well. Um, now that Spurs have brought in Timo Werner, would you see this deal happening in January or not? I would, if I was to bet on it, I would say probably not. Uh, you know, one attacker, probably enough. I think it's convenient to put two and two together. Jota, Postacoglu previously worked together. Obviously, his situation out in Saudi Arabia is not good. Um, Jota didn't even get into their Premier League squad, um, Saudi Pro League squad at al had. Yeah. Uh, so his appearances have only been in the Asian Champions League. Uh, so, you know, it's clear to see why he's unhappy and I'm sure he's going to be looking for a move back to Europe. Um, and he did put up good, good numbers working under Postacoglu at Celtic. So there's, you know, he's he's obviously shown promise, but just because two, a player and a manager have worked together, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work out in a new setting. We've seen that with Eric Ten Hag at Manchester United, you know, countless signings. Anthony, probably the prime example where he, he was brilliant at Ajax, hasn't worked at all since arriving at Manchester United. Um, and I think, you know, we've not heard a whole lot about Jota to Tottenham, particularly since the Werner deal's gone through. Uh, so I would not be surprised to see that one not happen uh, this winter. Well, Charlie, we've got two over the line now. Timo Werner, of course, announced a couple of days ago. And whilst we've been streaming this podcast uh, Radu Dragusin has just signed for Tottenham, which is absolutely brilliant news. Um, very last question for you. At the end of the window, how many signings do you think Postacoglu will have? How many more? I think, obviously, again, it's, it's, it's the interesting thing with a mid-season window. Injuries could determine whether Spurs need to go after another player so that we can't forecast that. But that, I think Spurs do want another central midfielder. Uh, and it depends whether they'd rather hold out for Conor Gallagher or whether, you know, they just want to get a, another body in, like you said, one for the future, perhaps a young talent from the championship. Um, so in an ideal world, one more. I'd be surprised to see more than one. Uh, and I know Tottenham fans won't necessarily want to hear this, but there is every chance that the, the business has already been done with Dragusin and Werner. You know, that's two big boxes ticked there, two priorities boxed off early. Uh, and I think a midfielder, is, is the last one remaining. And again, it'll depend on outgoings if Hoybier does find a move away. I think Tottenham will probably ramp up their efforts over the last week of January. So, yeah, keep an eye on the midfielder hunt. Other than that, I'm, I'm not sure I can see too much else happening. I remain hopeful. I, f I feel so <laughs> excited about things right now. And I tell you what, Charlie, I, I, I've been so excited since Ange Postacoglu arrived because... He has changed this football club. He's transformed the the mood, uh, the spirit, and uh, you know everything. You know the the mood at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is like a party atmosphere. It's great. It really is. Yeah. It's uh, it's a good time to be a Spurs fan right now. And uh, long may this continue. And as you said earlier, we're only six points off top spot. You never ever know what can happen. 
um, in this Premier League season because no one's running away with it yet. But um, can I ask you for a score prediction? Manchester United Spurs on Sunday. It's a great time to play United, you know, and I think it's always a morale boost if you manage to get a win at Old Trafford. Uh, and, you know, United, one win in five, something along those lines. I think Tottenham, you know, they can really put teams to the sword if they if they turn up and they're in, in that rhythm in and they kind of smell blood. You know, first mm. 10 minutes, they, they kind of think they've got the beating of United. It could... It could be a comfortable win. I think Tottenham will edge it. I'll go 2-1 Tottenham. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Charlie, thanks so much for joining me. You've been uh, a great guest as per um, usual. Uh, would love to have you back on in the very near future. Um, where can people find you and your wonderful work that you do? Yeah, thanks very much, Chris. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Charlie Gordon SJ. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind posting a link to that, Chris, that would be great. Uh, Absolutely. That, you know... Daily Express website, Express Sport. You can find me on there too. Charlie, what have you been working on lately uh, with the Daily Express? Um, trying hard to get transfer exclusives during January. Um, working on a lot of darts as well, you know, over Christmas, over the festive period. Uh, yeah. A bit of tennis. We've got the Australian Open coming up, but it's always busy during the January transfer window. So it is going to be a, a hectic three weeks until that comes to an end. Well, I know how busy all you journalists are, so it's an absolute pleasure and uh, I can't thank you enough for your time uh, this evening to talk about Tottenham and the January transfer window. Charlie, thanks so much. Um, thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. Until the next time, come on, you Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.